0: Good evening, and welcome one more time, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. It's January 27th, and we are delighted to have you on board with us today. We count it an honor and a pleasure to have you with us, so you can hear what the Lord has to declare to you. (coughs) And in this day, age, and time, the Lord is speaking very, very loud and very clearly to his people. We're seeing today the elites, the organized, rich, ruling class across the nations of the world, who thinks it is God, thinks they are God, and humanity should serve them. We are seeing them making a move. And the move they're making is to bring the world under their total domination and total control. When they do so, they are bringing the world under the domination and under the control of Satan. I want you to know and understand that this is what the Bible reveals in the book of Revelation, the 13th chapter. And just about everybody in the world knows this, and those who don't know it should really know it, that the devil wants everyone Who will worship him to have a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. They will be branded with the mark of the beast. This is the driving rationale behind Build Back Better. This is the driving rationale behind the reset. This is the driving rationale behind all you see going on Because don't forget, the Bible gave us a clue that the entire world will be affected. The entire human race across all the globes will be affected. And nothing has come along that has uh, uh, infected and affected the entire population, all the nations of the world, like covid has never in the world happened before so when we see that clue when we see that code comes into play we know this is it please do not kid yourself this is it this is the real deal this is what you're after this is what they're coming for they are coming after a global one world ruler one world world government and a one-world church along with a one-world currency which will be the mark of the beast eventually so we're seeing the poor masses right now are running after politicians they're still doing politics bunch of crazy people, Democrats, Republicans, this party and that party, and they're running after political parties and political speeches, and all that kind of foolishness when they should be running after Jesus. It is only Jesus that can get them out of the lock, the chains that they're in. But instead, the poor masses are running after the politicians. They're running after the rich personalities, movie stars, musicians, still doing their gig. Uh, Running after the rich and the famous. seeing what this one yacht has on there, how many feet long is his yacht, how many private jets he has, how many mansions he has and where, how many carrots has been the diamond ring he bought for his girlfriend. Our boyfriend. This is what we see in the world concerning them about. We're seeing that as the headlines in most gossipy news media. Well, let me tell you something begin to shun those media and personalities. Certain people have been trained that way. They're like Pavlov's dogs. You're not a dog, and you have not been trained to act that way. You're a sober minded. Clear thinking person. We are the people that belong to the kingdom of God, and we do not stand and do the things that have been intended for the people of the world to do. We are not that kind of people. We do not idolize the rich and the famous. We keep them in their positions. They're just another person, just like anybody else. It doesn't matter how many billions of dollars you have. You're just another human person. We don't pay any special obeisance to you. You're just another person. When you die, you'll rot and stink like anybody else on the face of the earth. This morning, in my vision, early this morning, (coughs) as I've seen so many times before in the past, when the Lord begins to speak to me, he wants to get my attention. I'm laying in my bed. I'm dreaming. What do I see before my face? I see a Bible. And the Bible is open to a certain specific area, and I'm reading in the Bible in a vision what I'm reading. And this morning, early in the morning, I'd say about four thirty somewhere in that region, I saw Isaiah fifty-four. And I remember, I kept reading over and over, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you shall condemn. Now, after waking up this morning, I mean, you know, I'm constantly uh, releasing the word, reciting the word, I'm constantly Coding the word. So I know this is not something that I should do. I know this is not something I should just figure out, you know, this is something that's for me. Fine. It's for me. It might be a message for God. From God to me personally. But I'm constantly doing that. So when I thought about it, and I got up this morning, because I write everything down on my notepad, on my bedside table. I wrote this down that I'm going to teach this tonight because it dropped in my spirit that this is something I should not only teach, but I should release this word over someone tonight. I don't know your condition. I don't know who you are. God didn't show me a name, a face. And I don't know what you're going through. I want to let you know that as a child of God, the Word of God declares no weapon that is forged or formed against you, is going to prosper. The weapons might be formed, but they will not prevail. They will not prosper. A weapon might be sickness. It might be financial lack. It might be something you have going through where you're in a state of confusion. You're in a state of difficulty. You're in a state where you're very worried. Well, let me tell you something now. Put that worry aside. Put confusion aside. Get yourself together. Slap yourself on both cheeks. Get clear thinking and clear focus going. Because we're going to stand on the word of the living God. And the word says, and I want to get this word across to you. I want to teach you. I want to release the scripture to you. I want to teach you. It says, you shall condemn. I want you to understand that. I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles go to Isaiah, the 54th chapter, <clears throat> and we're going to take a good look at the scripture. We are going to make sure we don't talk about what people are talking about, what anybody else is saying that's on television. We talk Bible. Code 7, Bible Code 7 is about God's response given to his precious and chosen children. The people of Jesus Christ, declaring to them, teaching them how to respond when you're going through certain situations. This is what we are going to be looking at tonight stopping, destroying, turning around, saying, Enough is enough. You come this far. You're going no further, buddy. This is where we get an attitude change. I know you're nice people out there. You wouldn't even hurt a fly. Matter of fact, you might even go on the street. You look for sick puppies and sick cats and take them home and nurse them back to health. Uh, well, if that's your nature, then fine. But listen, you got to learn how to war. you got to lose some of your niceness. You gotta learn that there's a real devil and he hates your guts. He Hates you, hates your children, hates your grandchildren, and he's got 3 things on his resume to do. He robs, he kills, and he destroys. Do you understand that? Make sure you understand that. Satan only knows to do 3 things and he cr- takes great pleasure gleeful delight in doing it robbing killing and destroying that's all he knows how to do now most people are praying when they go to pray as a Christian you know they go out and they get on their knees and they start praying begging prayers and they don't pray uh, these begging prayers from a Bible or a book They just go on their knees and throw themselves down and they begin to pray these begging prayers. Now, what do you call a begging prayer, Bishop? Well, a begging prayer is that you pray like a beggar. You don't know your authority. You just go praying and you're praying a begging prayer as if you're begging God for something. We don't beg our Father for nothing, okay? We don't beg God for nothing. God has given it to us. He says it's yours. And He has given you not only the things that He says in His Word that belongs to us, but He has given you authority. He has given you power. We don't go begging Him for power. You got it. How do you know you got it? Because His Word says so. Behold, I give unto you power. Trample upon serpents and scorpions. Luke ten nineteen, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means harm you. What about that do you not understand? Why are you casting aside the word and filling your heart with worry and getting gray hair and bald heads? And even some of you ladies, you're losing your hair because you're worried. Anxiety about the future is gripping you. And you just cannot sleep. Things are going haywire because you have given the the, the the devil power over your thoughts. And what you believe is going to happen, just like Job, is going to happen. Job said, the things that I feared most, was he able to escape it? No, it came upon him. The Bible tells us, he has given us declaratory prayers, prayers to declare. He's already given it to us. These prayers are already formulated in the Bible. You don't have to get on your knees and try to formulate a declaratory prayer. You don't have to get on your, uh, your knee and say, well, God, what is a declaratory prayer? How do you, uh, what, what is that? How do you, no, 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 it's already there for you. Now I know that there are some of you, you just talk, talk, talk. You talk from morning to you talk till evening. But you're fearful. You're still fearful. So stop talking. What you're talking, stop talking then. Start talking the Word of God. Then so inside of all the talk you're talking, begin to talk what thus saith the Lord. What does say? the Lord? The prayers that are already in the Bible. You cannot have a better prayer anywhere on planet Earth. I don't care who the bishop is. I don't care who the evangelist is. I don't care who the pastor, a teacher, or whoever, prophet, anyone in the fivefold ministry. Respect you, but you cannot pray a better prayer than what's found in the Bible. Because all of what's found in the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 is the everlasting word of the living God. And the Bible tells us that God watches over his word exclusively to bring it into performance. So don't make anyone believe for a moment that you can pray better than David or Asap or any other one of those prayers in the book of Psalms. Now, you all know I love the book of Psalms. David didn't write a book. He wrote 76 Psalms interspersed throughout the 150 Psalms that are there. So that means he wrote one more than 75, 76. So the majority of the book of Psalms is written by David. We also know that David was in more hot water than Lipton Tea. David was pronounced. King, somewhere around about sixteen, fifteen years old, all right, God, if I'm king, the prophet came, and he anointed me with a horn of oil, and bring my robe, bring the chariot, bring my sword, bring the crown, take me to the palace, and let me sit on the throne., <laughs> well, it's not that easy, David. You see, you're a shepherd boy, all you know how to do is follow stinking. Smelly sheep, you smell like one and you look like one. So, you need to know how to sit on a throne and you need to know what to do and reign and hold court and what kings do. So, God arranged it that David, I'm going to give Saul the king a mad spirit, a demon. And uh, when you go and you play for David, you play for uh, Saul. Saul will be delivered from that demonic oppression. He'll come out of his deep depression. And then he'll become sane one more time. So you're going to be in the palace, hanging around with Saul. You're going to become a palace boy. Instead of being a shepherd boy, you're going to be a palace boy now. And you're going to learn and watch and see everything Saul does. You're going to see how he holds court. And then more than anything else, David, I'm going to bring you to learn how to read and write. You're a little farmer's boy. Most farmers and most men in those days didn't know how to read and write. So when David went to the palace, he learned letters. He learned how to read and write. And then when he learned all that, he began to be a palace Boy, David learned, and he learned quickly. And then when the right time came, God made Saul not like David too much anymore. Because, you see, he made him begin to throw javelins at him, threw a spear at him, tried to impale him against the wall. So, we are to understand that God has a way of doing things that's beyond our wildest comprehension. And when God does things, he does it well. So we don't go around God. We accept what God does. We don't go around our Bible. We take our Bibles and we find the scriptures, prayers that have been prayed already. Where God says, "I will watch over my word to bring it into performance." And not only that, but the Bible says that all scripture, not some scripture, but all scripture is given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The inbreathing of the Holy Spirit. That's how the Word of God was written. Every last word. Nobody was around in the beginning, in the book of Genesis. No. God revealed to Moses who wrote the first five books of the big the Bible what happened. Then they had the uh, the oral traditions, which is the word that was orally handed down and then Moses began to write the Bible for the first five books, and as he wrote, everything came to him as it was, because you see the Word of God is active and alive; it is spirit and it is life. So you will find you'll never find another a, a, a document like our Bible. Our Bible is an alive instrument. We might look at it and see paper, when you look at a paper Bible. Throw this thing in the fire, it will burn. But that don't mean anything. Because what you need to do is get the Word of God that's on the paper. Get it off of the paper and get it in your mind, in your heart. Deep in your heart. Memorize it. Commit it to memory. Have an understanding of it. And when you do that, the Word becomes living and it becomes alive. While it's on paper, it's called a Logos, the written word. But when it comes in your heart and you got it down pat, it becomes the Rhema. It becomes alive. It becomes alive because it is alive. It is truth. It's the first word, the last word. It is truth. Truth is about facts, which as are the things that are happening down here on earth. The things that we call real, they're facts, but they're not truth. The Bible is spirit and life. <laughs> wow, it is alive and active. So, in your talkativeness, in the time of your being chatty, 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 you know, you love to talk. Humans love to talk. We're never an island, and we love to talk with one another. We're social beings. We're chatty people. Chat, 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 We are to understand that we have a responsibility. That people who start to chat, chat, chat and talkative against you, we are to silence every one of those voices that, ro- that rose up under the power of Satan to accuse you. Do you understand that? Every day, every night, you lay down to go to bed. Voices have risen up. Witches, warlocks, evil people from the synagogue of Satan, billionaires, secret society people. They have risen up to do what? Accuse you. What will your response be? What will you then say to these things? God has given us a response. And we want to look at Isaiah 54 right now. And it says, sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. A woman who is childless is commanded (coughs) to sing. (coughs) You have never given birth. Now is your time to sing. Why? Because your situation is about to change. God goes on, he says, break into loud and joyful song. O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. The woman who was neglected never had a husband, don't have no man. She now has more children than a woman who has always lived with her husband. You see, God is about to do something new. God is about to bring you into something new and something big. Because when God does something, He does it big time. This is the Word of God for you. What are you going through tonight that is causing you fear? What are you going through tonight that is causing you anxiety? What in heaven's name is going on in your life? You didn't tell me anything. I didn't get a phone call. But God gave me a vision. And he told me this is the word for you. So now he goes on. He says, enlarge your house. Build an addition. What? Get a bigger house. Build an addition to your house. Spread out your home. Spare no expense. That's verse 2. For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. You're going to have more children than you can look at. You can't count them. Because you see, back in those days, it was something that was well appreciated. That people wanted children. They wanted the fruit of the womb. They wanted, more than, they wanted growth. They wanted children. They were told to be fruitful and multiply. And this is what they were after. And here is God telling them, something big is coming. I'm going to do a change in your life. Verse 4, Isaiah 54 says, fear not, you will no longer live in shame. What? No more reproach. If you have the King James, you might see the word reproach. That means shame. What causes shame? Sometimes you're ashamed because you can't do certain things when you want to do it. There are certain thing, th- things that you need to address that you can't address. So it bring, brings what? shame on you. It brings reproach on you. Then God goes and He says, Don't be afraid. Fear not. There is no more disgrace for you. Wow. How comforting. And Listen. This is the word of the everlasting God. This is the inspired word of God. So God tells me, he told me this morning, tell you. He says, don't be afraid. You won't live in shame any longer. Your days of shame, your days of fear, your days of being timid and intimidated are over. It's behind you. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. It is over. Did you hear what I'm saying to you? It is over. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. It is over. And the words, the message that God has given me, the Bible says God send his word to heal and to save from destruction. You might look for an injection. You might look for a pill to do the job. God says, no, 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 no. I don't use injections and I don't use pills. I don't use potions and lotions and all that kind of stuff. God uses his word. And here is the word, Isaiah 54, we're at the fourth verse. So his word is going to do the job. But you see, the word must enter in your heart and find good root, good soil deep in your heart where you receive the word, and the word can do what he sent it to. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? No more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth, the sorrows of widowhood. Your creator will be your husband. Oh, my God. Your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. Stop right there for a moment. Anytime I see that mention, not the creator, I know who the creator is, but I, whenever I see the Lord, of heaven's armies I quake when I see that you know why I quake heaven's armies are the mighty angels of God and the chariots of fire the same angels and the chariots of fire that Elisha asked God to see he said Lord open my servant's eyes and let him see God allowed his eyes to be opened and when he looked around, he looked around the mountains and he saw the chariots of fire and the horsemen thereof, the mighty angels. And he didn't see the captain. (laughs) All he saw was just the angels and the chariots of fire. He said comfortably and assuringly, there are more of us than there are of them. Piece of cake. They're dead people. They're dead meat. They don't even know it. They're dead. They cannot fight us. So when I look and I see the Lord of Heaven's armies, I remember that encounter. I remember the encounter of one mighty angel to kill 185,000 men in one night. And who is this Lord of Heaven's armies? His name is Jesus, the one who has all power in the hollow of his hands. He is the one we bow to. And as I read, I declare this word. He is the very word, I declare. He is the very word that is made flesh. I came down to humanity and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. He is our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth, to whom all power has been given unto the in the earth. He has all power in heaven. The Bible tells us that God judgeth no man. All judgment has been given unto Jesus the Son. So when it comes to any little thing going on down here on earth, God doesn't bother with that. God is so high and so holy, he's off limits to us. No man cometh unto God the Father, except you come through him or by him. He is the only way. He's the only truth, and he is the only life. And this is who we're dealing with. The Lord has called you back from your grief, verse 6, as though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband, says the Lord. Think of a young wife abandoned by her husband. She is grief-struck. God says, I'm going to call you back from grief. I'm changing all that for you. For a brief moment, I abandon you. But with great compassion, I will take you back. I want you back. You're mine. You're my child. I want you back. I'm not going to do you a favor. No, I desire you. I what? I desire you. I will take you back. Even if you became abhorrent to me, you're in the gall of sin, which we were all were in, God says, I'll wash you, and I'll cleanse you, and I'll take you back. I don't know what God wants with me, personally, but I don't go back in the past and look at the dumpster that I came out of. I'll look at where I'm at now, because he done not wash me already from being an atheist. He done cleansed me from being that abominable person that I used to be. I'm not that anymore. I'm a son of the living God. I'm seated in heaven with, in high places with Jesus Christ. My name is written up there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I don't look back and talk about where I used to be. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a righteous child of the living God, and He has made me so. And I boast in Him and what He has done for Him, what He has done for me. I didn't do it, no, couldn't do it. He did. And I glory in Him. Goes on. He says, in a burst of anger, I turned my face away for a little while, but with everlasting love. I will have compassion on you. I will have what? Compassion on you. I'll forgive you. You are abhorrent to me at one time in your sin and your trespasses, but I will turn to you again. I have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Just as I swore in the time of Noah, that I would never again let a flood cover the earth. So now I swear that I will never again be angry and punish you. I want you to look at the word swear. So now I swear. How many people know and understand that when God swears, do you not understand the swearing of God? I wrote about that in my first book, The Hundredfold. And when God swears, the Bible says he sevens himself. Well, not not actually the Bible. You have to research and dig it out of the Bible. Because the word swear means to declare seven times what he swore. So when he swore to Noah that he will never let a flood cover the earth, do you know what he swore? He swore that he declared it. Seven times. That's right. God says, and he says to you seven times, I will never again be angry and punish you. You're my precious child. You're my baby. And I love you. I want you to know and understand tonight, you might be hearing my voice. I'm just a messenger boy. Just the messenger boy giving you what the Lord told me to give you he gave me a vision this morning as I was reading this word and the vision no weapon formed against you shall prosper no weapon formed against you shall prosper and upon when I woke up the Lord said this is what I should release he wants you somebody on this line tonight he wants you to know and understand I will never again be angry and punish you six troubles I'm going to bring you through them but the seventh trouble it won't touch you that's what God is saying to you God is saying your change has come your time has come get ready just as he said before, enlarge your territory. Increase your home. Get ready because he's about to do Please don't look at what's going on in the media. and get intimidated by it. Yes, we stay abreast of what's going on. We pray we, and we release the word of God. I've been releasing Psalm 83. And then after I release the word, I go to bed. What am I going to do? Carry all this on my head? No. The righteous judge, he knows what to do. Come on. You're not called to be Jesus Jr. and You're not called to be Atlas, trying to carry the whole world on your shoulders. You ain't good enough, okay? So don't try to fix it. You leave Jesus' business to Jesus. Take his word to him. He watches over his word. Let him perform his word. That's how we do it in Code 7. Because I'll never be angry again with you and punish you. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear. Earthquakes, massive earthquakes may come. But even then, my faithful love for you will remain. So the earth shakes and quakes. And is removed, cast into the ocean. Jesus said, My love for you will remain. It's right there in the Word. Isaiah 54 and 10. My love for you will remain. Do you understand that? My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Oh, storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you with precious jewels. He's talking to a city now, and all the people in the city. He's doing a mass appeal to them. He says, I have a plan for you. I will be rebuild you, and I'm going to rebuild you not on the cheap. I'm going to rebuild you with what? precious jewels, and make your foundations from lapis lazuli a precious stone. Why? Because you're precious. You're my children. I don't want you to do just bare bones and just the basic necessities. I want to show you off. Do you understand that? I want to show you off that you are my people. You're my children. I'm joyful in you. I'm happy with you because you're joyful in me because you served me because you express your gratitude and your love, your worship to me. God says I'm going to rain down the blessings. We had the saying back in the old days when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Well, if we continue the praises to Jesus and the adoration to Jesus, He surely will rain down the blessings upon us, his children. Verse 12 says, I will make your towers of sparkling rubies, your gates of shining gems, your walls of precious stones. I will teach all your children, and they will enjoy great peace. You will be secure under a government that is just and fair. Your enemies will stay far away from you. Why? Because I will be close to you. You will be living where I am. You'll be goshenized, drawn near to God. So the devil of hell must stay far away from you. You will live in peace. Terror will not come near you. If any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. Why? Because I will fight against them that fights against you. And I will defeat them. 16 says, I have created the blacksmith. Who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction? I have created the armies that destroy. Are you seeing all of what God lays to his charge, to his creation? I created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge. What's a forge? That's when they make an. Iron weapons, swords and spears and arrows. you got to take that metal and beat it and forge it into a weapon. And after they forge it, they beat it into a weapon. God says, I, he makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. He goes on and he wraps up and he says, listen. But in that day coming... In the future, no weapon that is forged against, you, that is turned against you is going to succeed. Absolutely no weapon formed, forged, turned against you will succeed. What does that make you? It makes you untouchable. What does it make you? It makes you untouchable. Now please understand. That the Bible says no weapon forged or formed against you will succeed. It did not say that the weapons will not be formed or turned or forged against you. They might even have a bullet. They might even have a spear. They might even have a hex, a curse, a spell. They might even have something with your name on it. And they're going to do something. But the Bible says they have a weapon. But the Bible says no weapon that is formed, turned, forged against your maid with your name on it, it will not succeed. It will not prosper. Did you hear what I'm saying to you now? This is the word of the living God. This is how I live. I live by his word. Because you see I don't I don't have anything else. I've never seen him. He has not given me a special gun, a rifle, he's not given me any special things to burn or sprinkle around my house. I don't do all that stuff. Don't do all that stuff, but guess what I do? I declare the word constantly, night and day, day and night. Stay up all uh, late hours of the night, after twelve, till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes three. Doing what? Declaring what the word of God says. The word of God that was sent to heal me and save me from destruction says, "No weapon forged or turned." against me is going to prosper it will not succeed and then he goes on to say you Norman you Mary you Bobby you put your name there whatever your name is will silence every voice the King James says you shall condemn every tongue that is risen up against you to accuse you. Run that by me again. The Bible says you have something to do in all this. Unless you do it, they'll run roughshod over you. Because you see, you must do what the Word says. The Word leaves a part for you to play, a role for you to play, where God says, Like he's taken something in his hand and he's given it to you. And he's saying, this is your authority. This is your power. Now exercise your power. You will silence them. Every voice, not some, every voice that shall rise up against you. You shall condemn them. They come with your hexes, they come with your spells, they come with your curses, they come with your condemnations, they come with judgment, they rose up against, he says, you shall condemn them, they will never condemn you, because you have been given condemning power over them, what does that make, what do you make of all this now? It makes of it, that God is telling you and us, that we are in a word warfare. We are in a warfare where we command. We are commanders. We're what? Commanders. And we are under the command of our commander-in-chief. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the word of the living God, made flesh and dwelt among us. So, When we become commanders, we declare the Word of God. And by doing so, we condemn every person that rises up against us in judgment. We are going to silence every voice. Not some. Every voice that rises up to cast a spell, cast a hex, speak something deadly, fiery darts of words, against us. Why? Because this is word warfare. We are in a word warfare. We're not in a guns and bullets. We're not in a physical warfare stuff. We are in a word warfare. Do you understand that? We are in what? Word warfare. God says, you have the absolute responsibility to silence every Voice, May I ask you the question tonight, are you picking up your responsibility? How many times a week, per month, or per day? How many times are you silencing the voices per day? How many times are you condemning those that curse the Christians, which includes you every night? multiple times a day. What is your response? How many times a day do you? You see these weapons are forged against you. What are you doing when the Lord says, you shall condemn them? You will silence every voice. He didn't say he will do it. And I know some Christians are just lazy, lackadaisical. They don't want to do anything. Oh, the Lord knows. The Lord is in control. Nothing's going to happen until the Lord allows it to happen. That's not what his word says. You've got to read the word. And understand the word because you because some people are just lazy, lackadaisical. They hear some half-wit, dim-wit preacher say some things and they just grab a hold of it and they run with it. They will never pick up their Bible and said, let me check it out like the Bereans for myself. So the devil deceived a dim-witted preacher, and they listened to a dim-witted preacher, and they followed that person, and they'll get exactly what that person got. They'll never live at the level where the Lord wants them to live. They'll never receive their hundredfold. God says, You will silence every voice. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn because you have been endued with condemning power. Every voice that is raised up to accuse you, fire back. Uh, Because this is what he said. Don't sit there like a frog in a log and puff yourself up. And let them fire darts in you, that's not Bible. And then he goes on and he puts the ice cream on the top. Said these blessings, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Well you see some people are not servants of the Lord. Some people are not servants. Well, I'm a servant, so I know this is for me. But some people are not servants. They don't see themselves as servants. I guess they see themselves as Christians, but not servants. So if you're just a Christian, then it don't belong to you. Well, I come to tell you, it does belong to you. Because every Christian is a servant of Jesus. And these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. So, if you're not enjoying these benefits and you believe it's not for you, wake up and smell the coffee. But if you still don't believe it, you want to go and hold on to what you believe. Some preacher said, God bless you, I love you. And the God says, He says, Their vindication will come from me because when they do what I tell them, when they do the word, I will respond. I will vindicate them. And He closes. I the Lord has spoken. And I saw this close. It's like saying Yours truly, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I looked at this as I wait. I felt every hair in my body raise, I felt the penetrating power of this word coming all over in my spirit. I wanted to burst when I heard and I read. And I looked at this scripture here this morning, today. He closed it with his signature. He says, I, the Lord, Jehovah, Jesus Christ, have spoken. This is the word sent to heal you and save you from being destroyed. I heard you tonight. Take this word. Begin. Declare it because God has a turnaround for you. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm just responding and being obedient to what I saw in a vision this morning. Saw myself reading this scripture. No weapon. I'm used to the King James, so I, I, I can quote that. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I know the weapons might be formed against me, but I'm condemning them. I'm sending them back. Night and day, day and night. I pray for you at night also. I pray for our children, our seed, Generation Z. I pray for all the people, those who name the name of Jesus Christ, the church all around the nations of the world. Where you're in uh, Nigeria, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, as a Christian, my responsibility is to pray for you, not to leave you out there on a limb, and that's your responsibility also, but understand something tonight, the Lord has given us his word, not only has he given us his word, the weapon which is not carnal, but mighty true God, to the pulling down of strongholds and fortresses. He has given us condemning power. You shall condemn. They rise up against you in judgment. You shall condemn them. Are you condemning? Are you refuting them? When the demons, the witches, the warlocks come to put labels on you and tell you you're not going to make it. You're sick in your body. You're going to get cancer. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. You're going to die. Fiery hours of sickness come on you. And the minute you feel a little something in your body, you say, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it. And you believe every word because, you see, the devil is a liar when he has something and he he, he comes and you're not condemning and returning fire and sending it back, well, it sticks on you and will grow. You're going to allow it to grow because you lack knowledge. The Bible says, My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. I don't want you destroyed. I want you alive and remaining till Jesus comes and until Jesus returns. I desire for you, your children, your family, the people of God, that you have your hundredfold, that you fulfill your destiny. Why do you think I do what I'm doing? I'm up late at night. In the morning I get up, I start praying. I'm always in the Bible. I just finished the book. Send it, send it off to the publishers today. Thank you for praying for me. Just finished another book. I'm starting another one right now. So one manuscript is out to the publisher. I'm starting another book right Because I got an assignment from God. My assignment is regarding people, souls, for the kingdom of the living God. We cannot humanly reason out God's word. Sometimes God's word seems very harsh. And I know some of you you, you, you look at the word of God like Psalm 109 and you read it and you say, No, no, no. I can't pray this prayer. I can't say I Psalm 109. It's a harsh word. It's a bone-shattering word. It's a dreadful word. And you don't want that word. That says destruction because you're too nice. Cut them off from the land of the living, Lord. Hmm? Make their wives to be widows and let their children be fatherless. Oh, I don't want to be praying that. Well, uh, I get kind of screaming over that one time until I realize that if it's just, if it's not if it's not them, it's going to be me. If it's not the witch and the warlocks, the wicked who is cursing me like this and I'm not returning for it's gonna be me well let me tell you something I shall live I will not die Mm -mm. I want you and your children and your grandchildren your little ones to live and not die number one number two it's the word given by the Holy Spirit to make God respond. It is none of your darn business how bone-crunching the word is. The Holy Ghost gave the word. Don't fight God. I warn you. He's a righteous judge. He will kill who he desires to kill. He'll spare alive who he desires to spare alive. Your business is to get the word released out of your mouth and leave the rest to the Lord. Don't try to be the judge. Don't try to step into his shoes. Leave it up to him. He'll never answer to anything but his word. It's a harsh word. It's still his word. Leave him alone to be the righteous judge. Let him do what he has to do. Let the final decision be his. And not yours declare the word no weapon Isaiah 54:17, formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment I have the responsibility and I shall condemn them you Mm-mm. you will never condemn me you will never hex me you will never cast a spell on me you will never curse me you will not put a fiery arrow in me no 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 that's not what the word of God says and he brought the word in a vision to me this morning showed me myself reading that word over and over I'm bringing the word to you this evening I says obedient messenger boy that you will do what his word says. Because you see, God has to get the message to you. God sends messages. He sends words. And when the words come, it's messages. He sends it through a messenger boy or a messenger girl. That's all we are. Messenger boy Messenger girls who have nothing to do with the message or the word. It's not all words. We don't tamper with the word. That's why I bring you Bible all the time. I'll preach and try to get you all excited, jumping up and down, and when uh, the dust settles, you're still beat up, busted up, blooded, and crying your heart out. No, I bring you message of healing, word sent to heal you and save you from destruction. Word from the boss man. Hmm. The boss man says this word is for you. He showed me without any doubt this morning. Isaiah 54 and the 17th verse. Not only did he tell me and show me that verse, he showed me release this word over you. I don't know who you are. I come to tell you tonight. Whatever you're going through tonight, Jesus said to tell you, if you receive it, your situation, your change has come. Your situation, go turn around. So Bishop, what do I do at this juncture? I just gave you the scripture, Isaiah 54:17. 17. Begin to release that word. Begin to thank the Lord. And in your prayer, I gave you Psalm 109. Psalm 83, begin to release those and let the Lord do what he has to do. He will respond to his everlasting word. Bible Code 7 is all about the utilization, the weaponization of the word of the everlasting God. In spiritual warfare, you will never lose a battle, guaranteed Because no devil of hell can overcome, override the word of the living God. None can overrule the word of the living God. None. No one. And as long as you're releasing that word around you, the word becomes a shield about you and the lifter up of your head. Your head will never have time to be discouraged, to be distressed stressed out depressed Uh -uh. the word is all around me I got a word for every situation my belly feel like it's uh, uh, it's it's hurting I got a word for that I slap that belly and say in Jesus name with his stripes I'm healed mighty name of Jesus his stripes are healed no pain nothing shall come near this body I'll let you in on a little clue and I'll tell you goodbye. Caleb was 85 years old. And he said, I'm just as strong, just as able, as when I was 40 years old, to go out, come in, to make war. Give me this mountain. I'm just as strong at 85 which is my biological age, my birth certificate age, but my physical age is 40. Well, that's my strategy. I might be so many birthdays, but I'm a 40-year-old man. Amen. Amen. Adopt that strategy. Begin to use the word. War like your life depended upon it. And let Jesus fight your battles for you. For the battle is not yours, but the battle is his. I want you to go to BibleCode7.com. Check out my last book, Escaping the New World Order, One World Babylon, True Bible Code 7. Send it to your friends. Send a link to your friends biblecode7.com send a link to your friends tell them check out that book they need to know about the strategy of spiritual warfare that is guaranteed to work I'm not asking you, this is not conjecture heaven and earth will pass but God's word will never pass, that's what he said about his word and Bible Code 7 is all about the word of the living God you want to go into a fight A battle, a warfare, knowing you're guaranteed to win and come out victorious. That's Bible Code 7. Check it out. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May He make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up a light of His confidence upon you and give you His peace, both now until He returns. And of outstanding night. God bless you.